Social Minute, podcast that looks at social network minute by minute. Today we're going to be covering minute number 80, uh, which I think makes it uh, two, two, three quarters of the way through the film. <laughs> uh, 75% of the way through, uh, I think 80 is of 120, uh, which goes from 1 hour 19 to 1 hour 19.59 on the clock. Uh, we start with uh, the uh, results of the shattered uh, chimney. Uh, I like how Dustin and Dustin's standing there soaking wet next to Mark and they kind of hear something and they're puzzled as to what they're hearing. And it turns out someone's at the door and that somebody is Sean Parker. Uh, welcome to the biggest coincidence in the film, <laughs> right. I would say. Um, <laughs> and and with him, he has as he as he as he introduces her, my Sharon um, and Sharon and um, Sean come into the property uh, to take a look at what's going on. Um, you know, Andrew is wired in, a phrase that will be used a couple of times. Um, you know, Sean describes how they saw the chimney go from across the street. Um, and then as they enter, you know, uh, Sean congratulates him on saying, you know, you made the right choice. And Mark goes to the fridge. He <laughs> throws a beer bottle at Sean, who catches it. And then he goes, Sharon, and then she's not quite ready for the catch, and it smashes. on. Now, in the script, it's described as smashes into the fireplace, but in the film, it just smashes into a, a wall. Um, and that is kind of where the minute ends. Uh, obviously, Mark repeats this, and we'll talk about that next week. Uh, joining me to talk about this minute is Jarf. Hello, Jarf. Hey, Darren. Happy Friday. We start with the kind of consequences of the chimney, uh, which is that, you know, as <laughs> Dustin and Mark are standing there, and they hear a doorbell, and of course, Dustin is like, "That's the doorbell." And Mark's like, "I didn't know we had a doorbell." <laughs> that li- that dialogue is so strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I know. I mean, my house has got a doorbell. It's not like they're a universal thing, so I can kind of understand him not knowing that they've got a doorbell because if all all they've been doing is coding and partying, who you know who needs to who needs to ring the doorbell, um, you know. So, but yeah, it is a, it is an odd thing. Uh, but at the same time, I think it might just be Mark. I don't know that he didn't know they had a doorbell. I think he might just be making a bit of a joke there where, you know, Dustin's saying that's the doorbell. And he's like, I didn't even know we had a doorbell. Like, it's, it, it feels like it's a bit of kind of like a jokey thing. Um, you know, Mark is in a good mood mm-hmm. um, when he was filming. Even though the chimney's just collapsed, basically, he was in a good mood when he was filming people. There's a bit of smiling from Jesse Eisenberg in this minute. You know, everything's fairly upbeat. You know, they're, they're playing songs. They're having fun. So... I don't know. It feels like maybe he was kind of joking a little bit there. Um, or maybe it's probably... just that they they are these coder space cadets and they they live constantly like a step removed from what's happening in reality. So they hear the doorbell and he he reacts, oh, that's the doorbell. I didn't even know we had a doorbell. It's like, dude, <laughs> who cares? Someone answered the door. There's a person at the door. Like, what are you even talking about? You weirdos. So that's yeah. what struck me about it. I, I think it's funny as well, because obviously this is where Dustin shouts for Andrew to get the door. And of course, Mark says, no, he's wired in. 
Um, that is a setup for something that pays off in about 30 minutes' yeah. time. <laughs> like yeah. That's a that's a that's a long term setup that's been put in there. Um, there's another there's, there's another mention of being wired in, in within a couple of minutes' time anyway. But then later on in the film, the phrase he's wired in will co- kind of become completely you know will kind of actually have a specific meaning. Yes. Uh, but funnily enough, we get probably one of my least favorite lines in the film delivered by. I mean, I didn't even check who this actor was because I do not like the delivery of this line. It really bugs the head. Always has bugged me. Uh, we're talking about Ian, of course, the the second winning intern. And he says the words, that's going to cut into your security deposit. But he says it in the weirdest possible way. And his emphasis is on the word security. So he says, that's going to cut into your security deposit. And it's such a... I, I'm not even doing the line, the terrible line reading any justice, but it's just he kind of leaning back in his chair and not talking to anyone in particular. The line isn't aimed at anyone. It's just kind of vaguely set out into the ether. And it's just such a weird line delivery um, as Mark walks past. And it's like, why are you telling what is effectively your boss that the, the, the bricks falling and shattering through, you know, this this roof and the patio are, you know, the patio table, should I say, are going to cut into the security do- deposit. Don't you think he already knows that? <laughs> like, it's such a... I, I don't know. It's just a line that has bugged me for, like... It's a weird thing to yeah. say. And it's a weird way to say it, too. Like, it, it would be a very different thing if it's like, ooh, that's going to cut into your security deposit. <laughs> yeah. With maybe, I don't know, a hint of sympathy. But, yeah, it, it's almost... He says it's like a dick. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I've never liked the delivery of that line. And finally, I have a platform on which I can take a dig at that actor for delivering <laughs> right. it. So I'm going to take that opportunity. Um, I also did this earlier with um, uh, Eduardo's kind of Popeye talking, where he keeps talking to himself and Mark's just ignoring him. And I hate that as well. Um, there's a few things in this film that have bugged me for a little while. So that line is just... Did you... Know, did you call it Popeye yeah, talking? Yeah, when he just keeps muttering to himself and Mark's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And Eduardo just keeps on talking and just keeps like almost out the side of his mouth. And it's like, Mark's not paying any attention to you. Why are you just rambling on and on and on? Um, you know, so he, he does that a little bit in the film. Um, now, Aaron Sorkin takes the opportunity to give us a couple of paragraphs of description where he says the place is a computer geek paradise. Computers are everywhere. Hmm. That's not quite true. There's like... Two laptops in the next door room. Uh, along with empty boxes they came in, pizza boxes, Chinese food containers, empty beer bottles, whiteboards filled with indecipherable cold, fill the room. I don't know that they fill the room so much as there's just a few of them kind of around. Uh, he says there's a, uh, there are a couple of large mattresses on the floor and a large map of the US with pins and tags showing the different schools where they've already put Facebook and different pins showing the schools they're going for. Uh, some of that is there, but not all of it. I don't think the mattresses are there for a start. Uh, and then, of course, Mark walks the door. He goes past Andrew. He's sitting at a computer writing code, completely oblivious to everything around him. And, of course, this is where Mark kind of says, Andrew. And Andrew's like, not now. And Mark goes, good boy. <laughs> and I kind of... I think he actually says noise, which he... re- bothers me <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In the script, it says good boy. But, yeah, I think the delivery is closer to a, to a noise. But, yeah, I, I, I just kind of like he tries to get Andrew's attention, but Andrew's wired in, so he's not going to respond again that is setting up something for later on in the film and of course you know mark opens the door and we see sean parker standing there with his girlfriend sharon uh they all look at each other for a moment and of course you know mark says sean sean says mark do you live here and mark's like yeah we do and of course sean's like we were across the street we saw the chimney and he's like is anybody hurt and of course he's like you live across the street and (laughs) and then this is of course where sharon says 
I'm Sharon, because of course she's been standing there for 10 seconds and nobody's bothered to introduce her. And I like how Sean goes, this is my Sharon. And like, he, <laughs> it sounds like he was going to say my girlfriend, but he stops and goes, this is my Sharon. And then he goes, she lives across the street. And then, you know, he says, I was helping her move out, which is setting up something that will happen in the next kind of five minutes when we saw the chimney. And of course, this is where Mark says we had a zip line to the pool. And then Sean's attention is completely shifted. And he's like, you came to California. And he's like, you made the right choice. Um, so, you know, and I kind of like how as he, as he enters the house, he kind of likes what he's seeing. That's something, of course, that he'll discuss more in the, you know, in the next minute. But I kind of like how Justin Timberlake plays it as like, this is this is the place that you need to be at. Like this is, you know, you're in California. Um, this wasn't quite how it happened in real life. In real life, Mark Zuckerberg had the meeting with Sean um, in New York, along with his then girlfriend, now wife, Priscilla Chan and Eduardo. And then, you know, they didn't have contact details. <laughs> so Sean Parker was like, you know, if you come to California, get in touch. But they had no way to get in touch. Uh, and then apparently he was walking down the high street, uh, you know, in Palo Alto, and he just ran into Sean Parker. Um, and it turns out Sean Parker did know somebody who lived in the house opposite this house. Uh, I don't know if her name was Sharon, but she certainly went to Stanford. Um, and he had kind of un unwittingly, he had been in the house across the street without even realizing that Mark Zuckerberg was there. Um, and so obviously Aaron Sorkin has kind of combined those two coincidences and kind of come up with this. Uh, which I, I, I don't know. I, I, this film, sometimes it has these, this, this kind of whole scene is played so weirdly, you know, where you have this kind of weird thing of like the chimney break in and then suddenly Sean shows up. And then, as I said, the minute kind of finishes with Mark just throwing a beer bottle at Sharon and it just kind of smashes on the wall. Uh, it's also, it's worth watching that beer bottle cause it's actually empty. So when it shatters, there's no liquid spilt. Um, and that's the same with the second bottle that comes directly at the camera. They're both empty. Um, you know, so obviously it's just for it's just for the smashing that they did it. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's this kind of weird coincidence that Aaron saw, you know, that basically I'm sure Aaron Sorkin heard about in real life. The fact that, you know, Sean Parker had actually lived opposite this house for a couple of weeks without even realizing. Um, and so I, I kind of like how he combines that and also how he kind of he adds the line in that, you know, I was helping her move out. So he, you know, later on, that will kind of come into play. But I like how he just kind of in passing, he's like, I was helping to move out when we saw the chimney. It's just like, OK, so he said he's putting the seeds in of, of what Sean Parker is going to be asking for later on uh, in this scene. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I really kind of again, it's really kind of more of a bit of a transitional minute, just kind of reintroducing, you know, Mark and Sean. And obviously from this point on in the film, they kind of end up becoming a bit inseparable. Um, but it's just a nice little I just love the I you know this is my Sharon is probably one of my favorite lines in the film <laughs> just it's not like an iconic line or anything but I just love how in mid thought Sean Parker is like this isn't my girlfriend I'm not going to introduce her as my girlfriend and he just kind of has to go my Sharon like kind of in in mid sentence um, and it's it's just kind of a, a nice little touch yeah it is a nice touch and I feel a lot better about this coincidence of Sean showing up because I, I I had the same note as you, like this is quite the coincidence, but knowing that there was a basis of truth, e even if it was something that they took a little bit of creative license with and, and kind of overlap some situations, I, I feel a lot better knowing that. So thanks for sharing that. And, and I, I also appreciated the awkwardness of him saying, this is my 
Sharon and the actress who's playing Sharon, Emma Fitzpatrick. If you, if you watch her during that exchange, she has a nice couple of subtle little reactions where she, she's like, Oh, Oh, okay. That's, that's how we're playing. Okay. All right. And there she, and it, it's all very small, but she's really doing a lot non-verbally and fun fact, Emma Fitzpatrick also starred with Justin Timberlake in the film in time. Uh, in fact, I, I the, the funniest thing about uh, Emma Fitzpatrick, I do love, I mean, I, you know, everything she does in these couple of minutes is kind of funny. Like the fact that she's, she's not prepared for the bottles that come flying at her. The fact that she kind of does read the fact that, you know, out of nowhere, suddenly she's my Sharon. Like there's no term of affection. It's just, she's my Sharon. Um, you know, like everybody has a Sharon and, and you know, she is one of them. Um, but yeah, she's, she, I think she's like, she does, you know, there's not a huge amount that she's kind of, uh, you know, doing in these minutes, but she kind of at least kind of plays it. You get to see it on her face, like literally that moment of like, oh, I guess, I guess we've broken up then. Like, you know, you've helped me move. You've helped me move house. <laughs> We're no longer together. I'm just your Sharon. Um, but more interestingly, she appeared in a TV show that I watched every single episode of, uh, because it had a stupid pun for a title. Um, and as we know from the preview of podcasts that I've done, I'm a fan of silly puns for titles, uh, which is a show that was called Significant Mother, uh, which was the rare beast of a sitcom on the CW. And the CW doesn't really do sitcoms, they just do hour-longs. So, um, that was kind of crazy. Uh, it's about uh, a, a guy whose best friend starts dating his mother. Um, hence the title, Significant oh, Mother. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, and, and in that show, um, uh, Emma Fitzpatrick appeared um, in every episode as a character called Sam Dillinger, who is like the uh, friend, she's like the girlfriend of the main character. Um, you know, and so she, you know, she was pretty good in that. Um, my favorite thing about Significant Mother is um, the father of the main character is played by Jonathan Silverman, who, of course, was in uh, Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's 2. Um, and in the show, uh, Terry Kaiser, otherwise known as Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's 2, made an appearance uh, alongside Jonathan Silverman. So it was like a mini Weekend at Bernie's reunion. No yeah. way. Yeah. He's in one episode <laughs> and he kind of like plays this kind of like homeless guy and he's like on the street and it's almost as if he's still Bernie. Like he kind of is immobile for like a couple of seconds and Jonathan Silverman kind of has to like rouse him to kind of wake him up like almost like he's he thinks he's dead. Like he has to puppeteer him a little bit? Almost, yeah. So there's a, that was a nice little moment in that show. But yeah, the, it's, a, it's a kind of mostly forgettable sitcom. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, just the title S- Significant Mother kind of made, stuck in my head. And I do remember Emma Fitzpatrick being quite fun in that. So it's nice to kind of see her here like a, a couple of years before that show. Um, you know, doing a nice bit of, you know, it's not a huge amount. It's not like it's a significant role or anything, as most of the women in this film are not significant roles. Um, but I do like the bit of business, particularly on her face, when he's like, this is my Sharon. And you can see her being like, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm moving back home after, you know, whatever whatever year I'm in, sophomore, I'm going to guess. Um, you know, like, I'm moving back home for the, you know, for the summer. I guess we're no longer going out or whatever, whatever this arrangement was. Um, yeah, so I she, do. she's oh, in her mind. She's already getting ready to 
update her relationship status. Yes. Uh, yeah. So there's a nice, I like, I like that bit of business. Uh, just the whole, you know, this is my Sharon. This is probably my favorite thing in this, this minute. And I also, I also like that it's kind of like a line that you can apply in your everyday life. You know, if you're ever introducing someone, just kind of hesitate a little bit and just introduce them by their first name, but say, this is my, and then give their first name. Uh, because I'm not sure I'd recommend actually doing that. No, <laughs> no but yeah, you know, if you're both fans of the social network, then it's a fun reference to work into your everyday life. Um, but yeah, I don't. Th- there's not a huge amount in this minute. Obviously, that security deposit line bothers me. Uh, there's a nice bit of business with Sharon, and of course, then Mark, uh, as is his, you know, want, he just decides to start throwing beer bottles around. <laughs> um, and I kind of like how Justin Timberlake kind of. I don't know, there's this weird understanding between him and Mark where as Mark gets the beer bottle, like, he doesn't have to say catch. He just literally kind of throws it and immediately, you know, Justin Timberlake catches it just as an instinct. Um, And then the fact that he doesn't, like, do that with Sharon, he doesn't check with Sharon if she's ready to catch the bottle. So he just throws a beer bottle and it just smashes and everybody just kind of has to stand there for a moment. Uh, And then obviously we'll find out in the next minute he does the same thing again, like, literally two seconds later. Um, but I, I, I don't know, it's it's kind of just a, a weird, like I said, the, the kind of drinking thing in this film is kind of weird. Like, you know, we already had everybody drinking tons of shots. Obviously, everybody seems to be partying here. You know, I'm guessing they're not all sober when they're jumping off that roof. Um, so just the fact that instantly Mark is like getting a beer from the fridge and throwing it to Sean, you know, without kind of just that understanding. Again, it kind of shows that these two characters are kind of in sync. The fact that, sorry. Terrible pun there by accident. That was not intentional. Um, oh, it, 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 it shows that <laughs> I didn't these, even catch that. <laughs> it shows that these characters kind of like the fact that Mark can take a bit a beer out of the fridge and throw it at Sean and he catches it without even having to be told. It shows that those characters work together. Whereas earlier, when you know uh, they came home from the club, um, you know Mark went. Eduardo went to the fridge and took out two beers, and then Mark went to the fridge and got a beer for himself, even though Eduardo had. So again, there's like just it's just little oh, kind of subtle stuff. So earlier in the I film, Eduardo and Mark. That either. That's sad. It's like I got one for you. <laughs> yeah, and then he kind of just has to put it on like the mantelpiece while they both drink the beers that they've got for themselves. Whereas here, obviously, Mark is getting a beer for Sean just as like you know a gesture. So it's it's kind of interesting that you know him and him and Eduardo aren't on the same page whereas Sean and Mark are instantly on the same page um and you know just little things like that kind of demonstrate it um but yeah i don't know it's it, this is this is there's less to say about this minute but i don't know i just kind of i just kind of enjoy the bottle smash is funny the my sharon is funny you know the the setup of he's wired in all these little tiny things that are being built um before we end up kind of going back to Eduardo and next week finding out how things kind of started to sour um is there anything else yeah. that you feel we need to say about this minute so, well i i enjoyed mark's man crush on sean and him just looking at him with googly eyes and 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 i agree about them being kind of they're in tune with one another i guess i guess sean is sort of who mark aspires to be and and he's just kind of caught up in the fun and excitement that he's he's like reunited with his super cool pal and and we're all hanging out and I'm chucking beers and so it's kind of a nerd trying to be a cool guy and and I really love that our week ends with just just 
the beer bottle shattering against the wall. Just it's so goofy and it's so awkward. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go to plugs then. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Sure. So um, if you like this Movies by Minute format, I am doing a Movies by Minute podcast about Joe versus Volcano. Now, as I mentioned earlier this week, so that is going to be called Joe versus the Minute. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And you can find us on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Social Minute or on Twitter at Social underscore Minute or on Facebook at Social Minute Podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here this week. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a blast. And otherwise, I'll see you next week. Take care. Get up, get up. Shake your booty and bust Get up, get up. Shake your booty and bust Get up, get up. Shake your booty and bust